What's good? This is the OKC82 podcast, Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, back together again in the same room here uh, in my lovely, humble abode of Oklahoma City, recording a great podcast for you. Last time we talked, I was in a car at a water park. Today, I'm in my own home with a sunburn. <laughs> so, glad to be back for sure. Uh, not a whole lot has changed. I know the official announcement came through of what you and I both predicted last week. That Chris Ball more than likely will be on the roster day one for the Thunder. Instead of just rehashing our conversation that we had last week, I figured we'd uh, move in a little bit different of a direction. We need raises for our uh, ability to see the future, by the way. Absolutely. We need raises. Absolutely. Um, Can't get that anywhere else. I think I just need raises. Do I have to give a reason? Can I just ask for a raise? I can't even get a raisin. I can't, I can't even get a ri- <laughs> literal raisin. Um, so I thought you came up with a great idea. We'd walk a little bit through the uh, the the annals of Thunder history. <laughs> that word's always funny. Yeah, especially when you say it incorrectly. The annals of Thunder history. Um, we talk a little bit kind of about the era that has passed. Annals and annals and annals of history in the Thunder. Gosh. Um, so many annals. So many annals. <laughs> so many annals. But we talk about the championship window, kind of our thoughts about the era that's passed, previous Thunder teams, where it all went right, where it all went wrong, what's to blame, what's not to blame, who gets the credit, all of those things. Yeah, um, it's certainly in the uh, topic of discussion in the basketball world right now because you've got... You've got people on the jump talking about it. You've got people on big national podcasts talking about it. You even got Kenyon Martin and Steven Jackson at the Big Three event yesterday in Oklahoma City talking about specifically the Paul George-Russell Westbrook era coming to an end. But really, it just kind of goes into the whole uh, conversation about, like, did the Thunder squander all this talent? And are they a failure? And, you know, there's... You can go either way with a, oh, with a short answer. You can say, yes, they're a failure because rings, rings. Like when, with the rings culture, yes. Um, it's it's a sport. It's competition. The end of the day, the whole point of it is to win. And when you've got talent and you're in the conversation and you come up short, there's going to be that just that air of disappointment that what could have been, what happened, where did it all go wrong? But so many things go into winning a championship and it's not just simply having talent there's luck involved there's um i mean you can't have an in- a key injury and maybe on the way to your championship run maybe a team that you play has an injury themselves that greatly benefits your likelihood of winning a championship i mean the golden state warriors in 2015 everyone says that they still didn't play a point guard worth a damn because everybody was hurt like yeah. those things happen and unfortunately for the Thunder, they had their chances, and I guess it kind of depends on um, if you absolutely blame or pin the Thunder's championship window going out the window. You know, no Ooh, pun intended. Double window. <laughs> Two windows um, by Sam Presti trading James Harden. And if that's how you feel, then everything else that happened afterwards is the Thunder's fault because they traded James Harden. But if you feel that. Yes, it, it took away a chance or two, but they still had a great chance to win, not once but twice. Maybe even a third time in 2014 had Serge Ibaka not got hurt. You know, that's up for debate as well. Um, they had their chances, and then that's when all those unfortunate things happened that I talked about. Injuries, um, running into teams that were just, their championship window was so open. The Spurs okay. well, and the Warriors. Yeah, Long, broad, general, year by year. Let's dive in. 
So are we going to start with 2011? Pull or? it up. That's what I was going to ask. Do you want to start 2010 where they faced the Lakers in the first round? Because here's also a little bit of a hot take for you. I think if Thunder fans were honest with themselves, that was the most fun they've ever had in a playoff series. That 2010 against the Lakers when they were the eighth seed, they won two games that nobody expected. And at the end of the series, they lost on a Pau Gasol tip-in in game six. But there was this moment where every Thunder fan went, holy crap, we're next. We're the next great team. It might not be next year, but we're the next great team. Like Everyone had that realization at the same moment. I think Thunder fans loved that playoff series. Because I can remember going to Thunder Alley down when it was in front of the Chesapeake, or was the still the Ford Center the Chesapeake down back then, watching it with thousands of people on a giant projection screen. Like, I remembered all that. And, like, that was a huge, huge, fun playoff series. Yeah, I mean, anytime a franchise is able to lose its playoff virginity, it's, yeah. it's, you're always going to remember it fondly. It's always going to be, unless it was an absolute disaster, which can always happen. But, but the expectations <laughs> were so low. And the Lakers were the Lakers. They, right. Like, they're not the Lakers of today. They, they, win it, they won game three, and you're like, wait, are we kind of in this thing? Yeah, and they kicked their ass, too. Yes. And, I mean, so then they fight. Tooth and nail. Like I said, they lose in game six, but it wasn't like a blowout. They lost on a tip-in at the very end of the buzzer. Almost forced it to a game seven against the Los Angeles Lakers. And it was this realization not only in Oklahoma City, but across the league like, oh, the Thunder is next. They're the next team to rightfully take the mantle. Yeah, and especially with how that uh, Western Conference playoff series not not the Thunder series, but the rest of the playoffs in the Western Conference. How that aged because I think the Lakers got the Jazz next, and they ran through them pretty easily. And um, who did the Lakers play in that Western Conference Finals? Was it the Spurs? Who did the Lakers play? Yeah, because they obviously go on to win the championship. They played Phoenix. Played Phoenix. Oh wow, man, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I, I just remember thinking, uh, you know, watching the rest of the playoffs that year, that wow, the Thunder actually gave the Lakers their best look. They 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 put no, so a little. Sorry, they're against the Jazz. I apologize. I read the bracket wrong. Okay. Um, the the Thunder were the one team in the Western Conference that put a little doubt in the Lakers' hearts. Absolutely. And this is Kobe at the height of his power, Pal Gasol at the height of his power, Andrew Bynum when he was still relevant. <laughs> And the league was and the league bowling. was and the, the league was dominated by, uh, you know, two big men, you know, and that's why the Thunder ultimately went for Kendrick Perkins. Which Wait, did you just like throw shade at Kobe Bryant? The uh, league was dominated by two big men, referring to Pau Gasol well, and forgetting Kobe Bryant's well, own team. I know you like Dwayne Wade. You're so, come su- on. Your good teams had just like nowadays. There's two dominant three and D guys, two wings. Like now, it's dominated by wings, guys that can defend, guys that can hit the three. Whereas back then it was dominated, like you know, I'm trying to think, who did who was San Antonio's like other than Tim Duncan? They always had somebody else, and like a few years later it was Hello, T- Tiago Splitter. Tiago Split. Tiago Splitter. Do you want me to tell you who was on that team? I can't. Do it. Give me a moment. Hey, go to Basketball Reference. Uh, basketball Reference is so good. It tells you the funniest nicknames. <laughs> Antonio McDice, Matt Bonner, Dewan Blair. Oh, DeJuan Blair, the guy who, if he ever got a big raise, it was because of his games against the Thunder. That team was that actually, guy had no ACLs, but he would always school Kendrick Perkins and Serge Ibaka. Uh, that Spurs team was pretty low. Manu, Tim, Tony, then Richard Jefferson, George Hill, Antonio McDice. That's a pretty solid lineup. Remember, was it Jason Maxiel and Antonio McDice in Detroit? 
I remember thinking that they were going to be like the second coming of like Rashid, yeah, yeah. Rashid and Ben Wallace. It's like, oh my God, Detroit's going to be good again for like another eight years. And that was the last two raw for the Phoenix Suns that year. Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, Jason Richardson, Grant Hill. And then the next year, Steve Nash joined the Lakers. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. So 2010, championship champion. Wow. Championship window. In 2010, the championship window, not the, open. The annals. The annals started, though. Yes. No window, but annals. <laughs> annals started in 2010, well, look, no window. Did, did it really? Because in 2011, the Thunder just found themselves in the Western Conference Finals, and they were so outmatched. The only reason why they found themselves there was because San Antonio got one of the largest upsets that people still don't really talk about. When they talk about upsets, they, of course, talk about Baron Davis's Warriors taking down the Mavericks. They talk about that. But... Memphis as an eight seed beating San Antonio as a one seed, and I think that was when Manu had a bum ankle or something. Like he didn't play one of those games, and then he was like eighty percent the rest. Memphis beat them, and that really thrusted the Thunder into the national spotlight, maybe a little bit too quickly. And I've always thought about if the Thunder had just lost in that second round to San Antonio, I wonder if expectations and development go a little bit differently. Memphis wins in six games, which is incredible. Wild. Wild. Uh, Zach Randolph was an absolute freaking animal. Yeah, Memphis is another one of those teams that I was talking about. Like, two bigs. Yeah. Zebo and Mark Saul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't forget Hashim to beat. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe the San Antonio thing is a factor um, as far as them getting jumped out in the first round. Uh, Manu Ginobili did miss a game. He did miss a game. He missed game six in that series, which was the closeout game. Uh, but, nonetheless, Thunder find themselves in the Western Conference Finals against the Dallas Mavericks, lose 4-1. to one. Well, well, wait, I'm, I'm curious. Like, Do you do you agree with that take, or do you, are you like, nah? Because the way I see it, you, get, you luckily find yourself in the Western Conference Finals. So that means the lights are brighter. That means every mistake is amplified. That means every uh, good play is amplified just as well. And so you have a situation where it becomes pretty damn apparent that at that time, you could make the argument that James Harden is a better ball handler and distributor than Russell Westbrook. And there's no denying Russell Westbrook's athleticism and his talent. And that alone makes him such a threat on the floor. But when it gets right down to it, because these games were fairly close and they always came down to a possession or two in the final minutes. And when it gets down to that time, you have to rely on a half-court offense, and James Harden's style of play was more conducive to that. So when that gets a light shown on it so bright, maybe, like I said, a little bit too quickly, the expectations go through the roof for James Harden and Russell Westbrook. The criticism starts to pile up on Russell Westbrook, so that sets him onto a course for saying, like, have I changed in 11 years? Or I used to be called a ball hog, and now I lead the league in assists two years in a row. Like, it sets all these things in motion. And if they had just lost to San Antonio because San Antonio is a better team than the Thunder, and it wouldn't have been that big of an upset, it wouldn't have been that big of a disappointment, I'm curious if that sets things in motion a little bit more favorably for the Thunder's overall championship window. That's a reach. It's a reach, no, but I'm just, I've always it, thought about it. No, 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 it's not a reach. It's its a, a thought path that I had not gone down before. Oh, good. Um, did that series eventually reinforce the habits that some say were detrimental to the Thunder's long-term success with Russell Westbrook while simultaneously raising the value of James Harden, which led to him being traded? 
Yeah, you, you so honestly in that series because you, you James fi- was a better player against Dallas than Russell. Now that's being said, Russell had thirty one points at thirty one points in Game Five, which is the closeout game. He had thirty points in Game Game Three, which was the Thunder's only win in the series. So maybe, maybe that's like where the seedling started. Yeah, yeah, because I think history rarely, rarely starts with like a boom. It, it always it's, it's a slow and steady progression so this to me is so important and like okay what do you remember from that series like just two or three bullet point things that you remember from that series against dallas uh i remember that was the first time that i was like holy crap kevin durant might be the best player in the league one day okay i remember like always thinking like oh yeah he's gonna be really good but that was the first time where i was like oh this guy can win a bunch of mvps mm-hmm. like this guy could be the guy he's not just a scorer yeah yeah, yeah. like this guy could be the guy um, and that was also the first time that I was that I watching James Harden was like mm, this Mono Ginobili stuff's cute, but this guy might be better than that. Yeah, on some level, um, that stands out. I don't really remember a whole bunch about well, Russell. See, and looking back at the box scores and seeing that he was the leading scorer on the Thunder four out of the five games. Yeah, I don't remember that. See what I rem- what I remember bullet point wise from that series is Dirk Nowitzki going twenty five of twenty five oh, or, or twenty four of twenty four from the free throw line that one game. Uh, I think it was game four in Oklahoma City. Uh, poor Nick Collison could do nothing to stop him. <laughs> LOL, at Nick Collison. Um, yeah, Dirk Nowitzki I, had forty and fifteen. I remember that. Four. I remember like the same thing with you, Kevin Durant. Just become like he just growing before our eyes because that Memphis series took a lot out of him. Right, and he really rebounded with this series. And then James Harden hit that big shot, that big game winner, game two in Dallas. And, and when those become bullet points, those become easy talking talking points moving forward. And that's when those conversations really came about because I believe, and I could be wrong, 2011, that was when the Thunder opened up the playoffs against Denver, right? Correct. You remember that game four in Denver when Russell probably lost the thunder that game because he was like four of 35 from the floor and everybody just shat on him you ready for his official box score in that game it's gonna be ugly he was 12 of 30 oh that's better i gave (laughs) better than i thought uh he had seven turnovers i wonder five personal fouls i wonder what his percentage or his shooting was in the second half because it was so i remember i remember thinking that game because when i became when i was a thunder fan I loved Russell Westbrook for all the reasons that everybody knows. But I remember thinking, stop shooting. Just stop. It, it's not your night. Just stop doing it. You know what's crazy? Is he's the only person who had a positive plus or box score <laughs> plus minus in that game. Plus minus is such trash. Um, he's the only starter. Plus, <laughs> him and Daquan Cook, James Harden, and Nas Muhammad. Oh, yeah. Or the current, four guys. current general manager assistant. Nazi Muhammad. Yeah, he's... Oh, assistant general manager. Yes. I was assistant like, to the general manager. But you said, no, when I, you started I, off with general manager, like, wait, did he get promoted? No, he's he's an assistant in the Thunder's front office in some capacity. I can't remember what his exact title is, but he's he's often seen sitting next to Sam Presti at games. But no, like, it, it's something that I've always thought about, and I, I actually, I think I kind of wrote about it um, two, like a month or so ago. It's so long ago because the Thunder still had Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Um... I wrote a, I wrote about basically the uh, my memories of that Memphis series and like the the Thunder Memphis rivalry over the years, and I think I put a little sentence or two about this very question of like, well, if, the, if Memphis doesn't win that series against San Antonio and the Thunder lose to San Antonio, like they were probably going to lose, um, what does that do? Right. And I, I truly, honestly think 
that if that doesn't ha- that if that happens, I think the Thunder are, are better able to hold on to James Harden because I don't know if he explodes onto the scene um, so quickly to the point where he's the sixth man of the year. Yeah, or maybe you could make the. I, I don't know if I. Disagree. And maybe he still does. But like, maybe you could also make the case that maybe San Antonio comes into that second round. Oklahoma City blows the doors off San Antonio. Yeah, because San Antonio is not as good as we actually <clears throat> thought. And everyone's and if Manu it's like is is quadruple hurt. pumping up the yeah. Thunder at that point. And if Manu is still, then yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Ultimately, they still probably lose to Dallas though, because that that was Dirk Nowitzki's like destiny. That was his destiny year. There was no stopping him. There was no stopping that Mavericks team, except for Mark Cuban in the off season. No, no, no. That's the that's when they lost the finals to Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal. What you, first run? No, 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 no. Dallas twenty eleven. That's that's when they beat Miami and LeBron. That was LeBron, Wade, Bosch's first year in Miami. Wade and Neil O'Neal. That was two thousand six. You're correct. So sorry. Yeah, no problem. I remember. A lot of Miami Heat I remember that very well. Yeah, got that <laughs> locked down. Uh, yes. Uh, that was also yeah. That was the Dallas team of destiny. With shout out Tyson Chandler, Jason Terry. Deshaun Stevenson, who was at the big three yesterday. Just a kid. Deshaun Stevenson. <laughs> Paige Ostoyakovich, I believe. Uh, Dirk team. Nowitzki, Sean Marion, J.J. Barea, Jason Kidd, Tyson Chandler, Brendan Hayward, Paige Ostoyakovich, Deshaun Stevenson, Corey Brewer was on that team, Ian Mahimi. Yeah. No, but, like, and I'm sure a lot of people, are, if they're listening, are going to say, like, this is stupid. Like, James Harden still becomes James. I'm not saying that James Harden doesn't become James Harden that he is today. I'm just curious if it slows down his progression to the point where when his contract comes up in the offseason of 2012, maybe he's more inclined to keep the money that the Thunder give him or offer him because maybe at that point he's not shown that he's a max level player. I think, I don't think it slows down his progression. I think it would, if you're, where I would agree with you is it would slow down the perception of James Harden. And perception plays into a lot of these contract negotiations. Right. And, you know, just, I don't know. Like, I've always been curious. And I, I feel like that that, the Thunder really like, just getting that light on them so quickly and much quick quicker than I anticipated that I think a lot of people locally anticipated. Because when they were in the Western Conference Finals, it was like so like, oh my God. Right. The Oklahoma City is at the center of the basketball universe. And of course, the next year they go to the finals. Right. So, so the next year they're the number two seed in the playoffs. They get revenge on the Dallas Mavericks in the first round. They followed up by getting a win over the Lakers in the second round. You know, and I'll, I'll say this real quick because at the beginning you were like, that 2010 playoff series is probably the most fun Thunder fans had. When I was still a Thunder fan, that series was incredible. Because I, that, I was. The Lakers? Yeah, I was actually at the game in Thunder Alley. It was ended up being the last Thunder Alley, the last true one. Right. In that game five against the Lakers where the Thunder eliminated them, where Russell had that cool steal, and then he lofts it up from the free throw line and gets right. the N one. It was That was such an incredible atmosphere. And, you know, the, obviously I grew up an OU fan, so college sports is, was my thing at the time. And that type of atmosphere was my thing. And you, you rarely see that in a professional s- setting. But, man, that truly felt like this is something special and it's here right and i mean um craig sager would come out every 10 minutes like do like a like oh my god look at all these crazy people having a good time and (laughs) they had the blimp like showing like the thousands of people that are out there on like it was so fun and yeah like that's one of my probably one of my favorite basketball memories that or the heat winning in 06 out of nowhere (laughs) uh five game series against the Lakers and they go over the San Antonio Spurs that 
that finals run, it's not like they got Denver and then a Memphis team in the second round who upset someone who no one was expecting because of injury. And the Western Conference Finals was really their only hard series. And now they're in the finals by some miraculous miracle. Hmm. That wasn't the case. No, that was a that was they, a test. That was a finals run. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting. They they played the the first two teams they played were the last two teams that eliminated right. them from the playoffs. So they they get revenge on Dallas, like you said. They get revenge on the Lakers, and, and they, they do this take, all in, in take down Father Time. Yeah, and they do this all in rather dominant fashion. Then they run into a wall in San Antonio. Right, and hard <clears throat> single handedly. Yeah, saves this saves uh that season that game five. Uh, shout out to the Brew House in Norman. I watched that game. <laughs> when they used to have a big projector screen because now they've kind of remodeled and it's much nicer now but they had these two big projector screens and that place was so full there was like over 100 people in there watching that game and when James Harden hit that shot just everybody went insane like right. I, I just I couldn't believe it because I was like wow the team like from my hometown is going to go to an NBA Finals if they just finish it out at home. Him turning around and looking at the other shot clock on the other end. Yeah. And then immediately pivoting and shooting. That'll and, be something I And it was over long. Kawhi, wasn't it? Yeah. Before he really became Kawhi Leonard. That'll be something I remember for a long time. Uh, they go up against the Heat. They win game one, dramatic fashion. By, and by dramatic, I don't mean close game. I think the final score was 11 points. The, th- the Thunder were the down Thunder. the entire game by like 10. They were like always down and the the red flag was in that game because guys like Shane Battier were just hitting every open look they got right and the Thunder could never close out on them but the game one Thunder down pretty significant amount in the first half come roaring back in the second half end up winning by 11 in Miami and suddenly it's like wait because this is before the playoffs the final series what is now now it's two games two games one 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 Back then, it was two games, three games, two games. Which I remember, like as a as a Heat fan, watching that original Heat Mavs series in two thousand six. I remember thinking that was stupid, but it benefited Miami because if it had been two two one one one, I think the Mavericks probably eke out one of those games right. and it at least goes to seven. And I don't like Miami's chances in that scenario. So I remember thinking in two thousand six that. that so stupid. It is stupid. It's but the so Thunder stupid. Game one, and I can remember with my friends being like, "Yeah, you guys might win the title. Thunder might might pull this off." You now, assholes. They, <laughs> three, four, and five, man. Those are all in Oklahoma City. So not even that they need to win. They wouldn't have to win all three, but you go two for three, and now you're going back basically with two chances to win in Miami. You've already won there once. Like there's just so many scenarios. That felt like the Thunder were going to be able to pull it out. Especially with how invulnerable the Thunder appeared in Oklahoma City. Because you, you you go into that thinking, there's no way Miami can beat Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City. It's just a madhouse. So let's say the Thunder win two games. All they got to do is win at least one in Miami, and they've got this. And if that happens, like then championship parade down, you know, down in Bricktown. It's right. coming. And, man, that I st- to this day, one of the worst missed calls I've ever seen in a championship game was that in the game two when LeBron just absolutely hacked Kevin Durant. I just, I have no explanation for it. And there was an official right there that had the perfect angle on it and they swallowed their whistle. Yeah. And I'm all for like letting them play it out, you know, in a, in a championship game, a big time spotlight at the end of the game, especially I'm, I'm all for letting it play out unless it's so blatant. Like this is this isn't street ball. 
Kevin Durant should have shot free throws. The Thunder should have won that game. Uh, they absolutely should have. The one that, the game that stands out to me is they were up 1-0. Then game two, they end up losing by four points. Like, that game was the opposite of game one, where game two, they they had stretches in the first half where they were up 9, 11, yeah. 12. But they just couldn't ever, they couldn't ever just seal it off. It's because guys were hitting shots. Right. Like, they couldn't ever, but it's like, oh man, if they... If they hold that lead, they don't cough it up in the fourth quarter, and they go up two to zero. Suddenly, that series feels way different. I think Norris Cole hit like two two back breaking threes in that first half, where the Thunder really could have. <laughs> Norris yeah, Cole, future Thunder Norris Cole, future half a Thunder Norris Cole. Like there, there are these two instances I I particularly remember. I think, and it might have been game two, it might have been game three or four, I can't remember, but I feel like it's game two, where the Thunder's defense, like, for the entire entirety of the shot clock, they just defended, 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 and then the Heat randomly found Norris Cole in the corner, and if he misses, the Thunder go up 15, 17, that game probably gets out of hand from that point, but he hit those two threes right. that kept the Heat above water just long enough, um, and when you've got LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, all you gotta be is in the conversation. Right. And, yep, game two, that was when I think reality really hit Thunder fans. Like, oh, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, damn. And that was also still, obviously, this was going to be LeBron James's first title. I remember after game one, it was like, eh, Thunder might get one-handed here. LeBron can't win it. He can't. He's not not big time. Big moments. Puckers up. Big moments. He can't do it. <laughs> Thunder going to get a title just because LeBron James is going to shell himself again. Just like the year previous with Dallas, which that is an unexplainable series of LeBron mm-hmm. James versus Dallas. Was, the first year in Miami. It was Wade's team, man. But you thought, I, I don't know if everyone felt that way, but I felt this might be a little bit easier than we were thinking because it looks like LeBron might have some bugaboo. Like, I can't explain it. Just some something about the finals. <clears throat> I mean, if I was compared to Michael Jordan... Every day since I was 16 years old, I'd be a little. Oh, don't defend him. That makes sense. Uh, less fun. I yeah, I guess so. Everybody be. <laughs> I, I got to be Skip Bayless. You brought us trash. You do. Uh, all right. So 2013, obviously going into that season, uh, the team's a little bit different for the Thunder. No James Harden after the finals. Kevin Martin instead. Uh, I have some really funny Kevin Martin stories I can tell you, uh, but I can't tell them on the podcast. So I will tell well, you. What some- the hell kind of tease is that? If you see me in a bar, I'll tell you in a bar. <laughs> Be on the lookout for Kevin Martin's Martin. not listening to this show. Oh, no, no, no. It has nothing to do with me like wanting to besmudge Kevin Martin. Oh, I see. It's uh, it's inappropriate. Oh, ooh. Inappropriate stories. Ooh. Just some vulgar language that I wouldn't use in a podcast. Um, but, yeah, if you see me in a bar, I'll tell you the story. <laughs> um, so, Kevin Martin's on the team. The team's totally different. 2013, they go in as the number one seed. They made the finals the year before. They're the best offense in the league. They were a top seven defense. Suddenly, it kind of feels like everything's getting together. Got it all figured out. First round against the Rockets. Mm. And it's it's the saddest day in Thunder history. Well, I guess really quick, we can just be really short with this. Did the Thunder ruin their championship window by tra- trading James Harden since we just didn't even mention it? I don't think so. Because... In hindsight, it's like obviously I don't, it's yes. They could have still won a championship if a few things didn't happen. Maybe I don't know. It made it less fun because Thunder fans. Was well, like, they went from their championship window was open. Yeah, for all the next, until Kevin Durant left. Yeah. Um, 
But they could have had some of the Golden State Warrior inevitability feel if James Harden was stuck around. Yeah. So I guess by definition, no, their championship window. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Was open the whole time, but when they trade James Harden, their their chance of winning plummeted. Okay. Okay, that's fair. They became just another team in the hunt. Mm-hmm. Now, some it, like this year specifically, twenty thirteen, they were the best team in the league. In some years, they were, but. If they would have had James Harden, eventually, if, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but there would have been some of the Golden State Warriors. Well, Jesus, it's the Oklahoma City Thunder and everyone else. They have three All Stars. Like, what are you? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, I will say this: like, maybe this changes, but like, there are a few people that listen to this podcast that I've told this to. Um, I remember thinking in that year, 2013. So obviously, without James Harden, um, everybody's saying like the Thunder, the the team to beat. It's inevitable. It's going to be them in Miami again. This is going to be like the Lakers, Celtics, kind of over the next five years. It's going to be them. Um, I remember thinking, I'm not sold that the Thunder can beat San Antonio this year. I'm not yeah. sold in that playoff run. So um, this is assuming, of course, Russell Westbrook doesn't get hurt. If they they beat the Rockets, um, they probably get by Memphis just because of the athleticism. It, it just it's too much for Memphis to bear. Um, they're like a poor man San Antonio. Like well, I mean, without Russell Westbrook, they still took Memphis to six games. It was five so, games. Five think, games. Yeah, five games. Now they were all close. No, was, oh, so sorry. I'm looking at the Houston series. Yeah, um, they were all close, and they all came down to a possession at the end. And um, for whatever reason, Kevin Durant never gets blamed for this, but he never was able to hold the team, get the team over the hump in that series, at least for you know two games. But, yeah, I don't think he gets blamed for that because even at that point they go on to the next round and they they're going to lose to San Antonio without Russell. Oh yeah, so it's like. But, but still, I remember thinking that entire year. I don't know if the Thunder are going to beat San Antonio. Yeah, because San Antonio's. I mean, they. That's when Kawhi started becoming right. Kawhi. Um, it, it was really apparent that the Spurs were on their final kind of run, and you just I could just feel like it, it's going to be OKC San Antonio. And the Thunder got everything coming their way last year. I don't know if they can do it again. So I don't. I'm not in that crowd that it was a foregone conclusion that the Thunder were going to win that title if Russ doesn't get hurt. It, it greatly it took away their chance. And no I, question. But right. I'm not in that crowd. Yeah, I don't know about you, but Kevin Martin played really well that year. Like I mean, he was a he wasn't James Harden. No, he, he he was he, exactly what he is. He's right. He it's like oh this guy's not bad. But that felt like such a glaring thing that because some games it really felt like, oh yeah, they Kevin Martin is not James Harden. He can't create his own shot like James could. The offense can't run through Kevin Martin with the ball in his hands like it could with James. That could be an issue because they became way more reliant on Russell and way more reliant on Kevin. And, and Russell wasn't even Russell yet, right? Like he he became ultimately a very very like one of the best point guards in the league. But at the time he was still like he struggles today in in the half court set. It was a friggin' adventure some games with him in the half-court set back then. Right. So, like, the Thunder were trying to still develop, but they still had all these expectations and this light on them. Whereas Golden State, they were able to, like, build themselves in the dark by being bad because Steph Curry and Klay Thompson had papier-mâché ankles. Right. And then they were just kind of like a fun little team that Shout made the Monte play. Ellis yeah. for- and they were like a fun little team that no one cared about that made the playoffs, and then boom. They just won. Right. So, like, for the Thunder, they should have just, boom, won. 
And then they could have been able to probably retain everybody because right. of the championship. And then you get to attract high-end level role players because it's like, oh, they're approving. I want, I'm ring chasing right now. I'm going to go ring chase with Katie and the Thunder. Right. But they just didn't get that, that, ex, that explosion that you need. Right. Uh, yeah, it's interesting for sure. But it, it felt like there was a ceiling on that team on some level. Uh, but regular season-wise, they were the best team in the league. And then Russell obviously gets the knee injury, which that is something that still is. Do you have their point differential? Annals. Um, from that year? From that season? Yeah, because I, I remember that. it being like historically like amazing. Like it was one of the pieces of evidence that like a lot of like national media, NBA personalities saying like this this team is like incredible. They they were going to win a championship if Russell Westbrook doesn't get hurt. And like again, like I'm not in that crowd, but. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have shocked me. Just, I just, I'm trying to put myself in that mindset. But, I mean, this hardly ever gets brought up, and I know it gets brought up on Thunder podcasts, like Down to Dunk, whenever this topic comes up. So, um, but at least nationally, I feel like people completely disrespect the fact that Russell Westbrook had 20 scored 20 points or so in the second half with a torn ACL or whatever, like an MCL From meniscus, right? Yeah, meniscus. He scored 20 points on Patrick Beverly in the second half with a torn meniscus. <laughs> Dude is incredible. Shout out to that guy. Uh, their net rating Thunder was should a, keep him. Was a, yes, they should. <laughs> was a plus 9.8. 10 points. They were beating people by 10 points. Miami Heat were second with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh at 8.6. That is incredible. The Clippers were third at 7. Lob City. Keep it going, guys. Keep it going, Lob City. Uh, yeah, so Thunder make a playoff run, make it all the way to the finals, end up losing to uh, the Miami Heat. Next year, Russell Westbrook gets hurt, and they uh, fall to the Memphis Grizzlies, who, shout out to the Grizzlies, made it to the Western Conference Finals, didn't really put up much of a fight against the Spurs. They get swept, or they lose in lose five? Lose in five. Okay. Um, I just want to give them a because they were good for a long time. I feel like they kind of deserve that. Yeah. Maybe that's a little karma. Yeah. Positive karma for the Grizz. Yeah, um... They're a good example of just like they're the biggest difference between them and the Thunder in terms of the expectations because like the talent is the talent. Like the Thunder had more exciting, sexy talent, whereas Memphis they had an identity, so they never had the expectation. They were always like a team that everybody respected, but because they didn't have that talent and that high expectation, you don't hear anybody saying, "Oh man, Memphis like really screwed the pooch with that. They didn't win anything. Right? They didn't even make a finals. Right? Twenty fourteen. Western Conference Finals. KD's MVP year when Russell First, played like, what, 40 games? That regular season? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, the whole story about this one is just like, what happens to the Thunder if Serge Ibaka doesn't get hurt? And Well, he came back miraculously like Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's <laughs> game, dead and now he has risen! That game three, he had the, the long tongue. Um, no, like, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's the thing that I thought last, the previous season with San Antonio, I don't know if the Thunder could beat San Antonio. Like it's, it's a great series, and the Thunder have a great chance. But I don't know if a healthy Serge Ibaka flips the coin or in the Thunder's favor um, against San Antonio because that San Antonio team, that was a pissed off team that thought we we choked a finals, we yeah. choked a championship. And they are already a proven champion. They had won multiple titles. Greg Popovich, probably the best coach in NBA history. Uh, Kawhi Leonard became Kawhi Leonard fully. 
uh, Tim Duncan on his last leg, Manu, Tony Parker, all the greats. I don't know if healthy Serge Ibaka does anything because when the Thunder went on the road to San Antonio, they were outmatched in all three games. And then it came down to that game six where the Thunder just couldn't outlast the Spurs. And I think a lot of it was just because Kevin Durant was worn down. So may, like maybe a healthy Serge Ibaka helps out here and there on the road, but they were so outclassed on the road against the Spurs. I just don't know. And like, I guess you can kind of blame in terms of Katie's conditioning. I guess you can kind of blame the whole isolation offense that the Thunder relied so heavily on with Scott Brooks. So, um, yeah, I, that, that was a hungry Spurs team. Yeah, that was 46 games for Russell Westbrook in the regular season. Uh, Serge played four of the six games against San Antonio. I'm not. Sometimes I feel like people remember that as like Serge didn't play and then all of a sudden he was in game six. Or that he was like at 50% when he like, his game three and game four were like he was fine. He looked like normal Serge Ibaka. Oh yeah, he, he played he was, like it. He was. He so, affected the game like normal Serge Ibaka. I don't know if he's on a ton of painkillers or what, but there were I, in the moment there were other teams and other reporters who thought the Thunder were sandbagging. Yeah, like the original injury report, like the Thunder like made it up to try to get some tactical advantage because they knew Serge was going to be coming back sooner than that and drastically sooner, obviously, because originally they rolled him out for the entire playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was it was uh it was the Rudy Jackson year where that was a year I was like, Oh I'm not saying this guy's great. This guy can play a little bit of basketball. He won Actually, them a game. A he won them a series. He did. He absolutely did. God, the Thunder lose to like it's kinda like the inverse of the uh twenty eleven thing. Like they probably should have lost that Memphis series if not for Reggie Jackson losing his damn mind. Unconscious. And there, I, I can legitimately remember driving home with my buddy and us talking about, man, I don't know, maybe they should play Reggie in crunch time. He's a better spot-up shooter. Like, <laughs> having that thought pro- And obviously that's ludicrous. Jerry Ramsey, like, if he's listening to this, he's going to be like, oh, my God. But, that, but he was unconscious in that playoff series against no, Memphis. He was, he was we incredible. Like, oh, maybe this guy's incredible. Maybe we just didn't know that he's a the, great spot-up the, shooter. The problem with him is just he's... At the way he plays basketball, his style of play, he's just a poor man's Russell Westbrook. The reason why Russ and Harden made sense was because they had two different styles of play, and you can play them both on the, at the same time. You can stagger. You could have one guy run an offense, the other guy run the offense. Right. With Reggie, it's just a it's a let to a lesser extent Russell Westbrook that at times was a better spot up shooter. Uh, also in this series, I did not remember. Tabo Cephalosha got benched, and they actually started Russell and Reggie next to each other for four go. games in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and if everybody remembers, like that's a complete and utter desperation move because 2012, Greg Popovich did the same thing. Like after they lost Game Three or Game Four, and they went, I think it might have been for that Game Five where James Harden hit the buzzer beater. Um, he started Manu Ginobili, right? The Hail Mary of all Hail Marys. Yeah. You don't start Manu unless you absolutely have. <laughs> yeah. And Pop, Pop knew. He's like, damn it. This team damn is it. so good. <laughs> uh, just for some... So, obviously, the uh, the, th- the Thunder lost the series in six games. Here are the leading scores. Game one, Kevin Durant, 28. Tony Parker in game two at 22. Game three is Russell Westbrook. Game four is Russell Westbrook. Game five is Kevin Durant. Game six is Russell Westbrook. Russell does not like to go down without a fight. <laughs> His closeout games are often like there's there's so four, the stat lines are 40. always <laughs> He had forty in game four. 
Hey, Russell had 43 in a finals game. Like, that's... That happened. That Out like, of the last four games, a Thunder was the leading scorer in every single one of them, and they only won two of them. And I know, like, leading score isn't some, like, statistic. Yeah. But it's just, like... It's just glaring the two different styles between the Thunder, who were reliant on essentially two guys, plus Reggie Jackson, so, like, plus a quarter. But two guys and a quarter from Reggie Jackson... Well, the Spurs, obviously, just by looking at that, weren't exactly feeding the ball to one person. Yeah, it was just a war of attrition. And I think Kevin Durant having to shoulder the load for the entire year um, because Russell missed almost half the year with that injury, um, which ultimately helped him win that MVP, which is great. But by that time, like I just remember thinking at the end of that game six, like Kevin Durant looks tired. I've never really watched a Thunder game and thought KD looks tired. Okay. 2014 Western Conference Finals is what we're talking about right now. The leading scorer for the San Antonio Spurs was Tim Duncan at 17.8 points a game. Number two, Manu Ginobili, 15.2. Who was the third leading scorer for the Spurs in this series? Boris Diaw. Boris Yep, I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) The Fat Frenchman. No, that game four. So the Thunder destroy the Spurs in game four. To the point where Greg Popovich just like waves the white flag for like the last 10, 11 minutes of the game and puts the bench mob out there, which includes Boris Diaw. And Boris Diaw balled his ass off. And then I think Pop found something because the Thunder go to San Antonio with a lot of momentum uh, uh, for that game five. And that's the game where Russell just absolutely dunked the hell out of it over quiet at the beginning of that game in that first quarter. And it didn't matter because the Spurs found something at the end of that game four, which can happen in a playoff series. And the Spurs made the proper adjustment. They had the confidence that their guys, you know, they had a much deeper rotation than the Thunder and it ultimately won out. Right. That Uh, doesn't surprise me one bit because I remember thinking like, God damn, Boris Diaw, I thought he was dead. (laughs) Yes, and he was not dead. Uh, That game four you're talking about, Boris Diaw had 14 points in 14 minutes. So shout out to Boris Diaw for pulling that off. All right, so now Western Conference Finals, they lose in 2014. 2015, no Thunder in the playoffs. Yep. Kevin Durant's foot year. Uh, that that happens. But again, that's what I said earlier. It's Anthony Davis you've got to have luck. Away. You've got to have luck. Yeah, Anthony Davis. It had- would have been so interesting, though, to see, like, if, the, if Anthony Davis' shot doesn't go in and the Thunder backdoor into an eight seed with obviously Kevin Durant doesn't play that series because I think he had been shut down by that point. So you have Russell Westbrook, Ennis Canner, Steven Adams, Serge Ibaka. Um, who else is on that team? Um, I, Andre Robertson. I think that was just the year that he starts or his first, like his first big jump into the rotation. Um, Steven Adams. For some reason, I can't find them. They don't exist. They're not real. So Steven, yeah, Steven's on that team, unless I already said him. But it would no, he's so, on the team, yes. It would have been so interesting to see that Thunder team led by just Russell Westbrook with no expectation because KD's not playing, play against Golden State. That Golden State team that wins the championship that got to run through the playoffs by playing no point guard Steph Curry would have had to have uh, been chased around by Russell Westbrook. I wonder what that does, and I wonder what it does to the Thunder Warrior series in 2016. There, there are more narr- there's more narratives to follow. There's more history with that series. I, I feel like we were robbed. We were really robbed of that. 
Okay. Here, who do you think played the most games for the Thunder that season? Um, Russell Westbrook, obviously. That's also the other of he, their starters. No, just in general. That's also the year that Russell Westbrook dented his face. Yeah. Uh, he broke his hand. Same year. Mm-hmm. Who played the most games for the Oklahoma City Thunder that year? Not started, just played. Is it Serge? No, 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 no it wasn't Serge. Serge was also hurt that year. Um, yeah, he was hurt. Um, oh my gosh. Well, because Perk got traded, Reggie Jackson got traded. Yep. Um, Anthony Morrow played 74 games for wow. the Thunder. Wow. Followed by Steven Adams at 70. Yeah, I, w- I would have said Steven. Like I, this if, is also with the start of the year where Perry Jones the third was starting at small forward. And yeah, he had like 28 against the Clippers one time or something. I think it was Toronto. Or no, it was Toronto where he tore his ACL. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I just remember Perry Jones put up like a 28, 26. Yeah, it was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, against like the Clippers in LA. And I was like... Where the hell has this been the whole time? <laughs> he, he needed just a catastrophic amount of injuries to get the opportunity. Uh, Andre Robertson did play this year. He started 65 of the 67 games. But yeah, Russell Westbrook... Oh, come on. Russell Westbrook played 67 games, uh, followed by Serge Ibaka at 64. And Kevin Durant played 27 games that year in the regular season. So uh, that was, needless to say, an uphill battle. Yeah, and you know the the Thunder's medical staff gets crapped on a lot, especially when they think about people think about like the what if, the ultimate what if, if the Thunder get Tyson Chandler. Um, I I, I don't know because like st- star players of the of the level of Kevin Durant, they often get their procedures done by independent doctors and in you know with help from the team doctors. I just wonder if 10, 15, 20 years from now, we're going to get like some tell-all book from Sam Presti or something about how did the team doctor screw up or was that Kevin Durant's people or was it just kind of a super unfortunate, which is probably what we're going to hear was like, oh, it was just that one in a zillion chance. But it seemed like that one in a zillion zillion health risk chance has always happened to the Thunder. Right. Whether it's been with Andre Robertson having setback after setback or Russell having his initial surgery and then having to have another surgery, which made him miss half the 2014 year. It just seems like it happens to the thunder a lot. But right. Yeah. I've, I've thought about that. What if too, if they had made it to as an eight seed against the warriors, obviously I don't think they, maybe they win one game, but it would have, it would have really played into like the thunder, not only wanting to beat them to get to the finals in 2016, but like, all right, let's do this. We're hundred percent now. Right. All right, 2015 going into the playoffs, they did not make it. 2016, I think you and I can both agree, ceremoniously, we did not know this at the time, but this was the end of the championship window for Oklahoma City. Yes, it was. Now, when July 4th rolled around, we thought it was closed, and then we talked ourselves into it being open again a few years later. But this was really the end. Yeah. The Thunder technically had a chance when you have two all-stars and this is, I've said this a zillion times the last year when you have two all-stars you're at least in the conversation which is more than you could say for about half the league at the time so in that sense the Thunder and San Francisco did their job um, they were just never able to build it past that but yes with 2016 um, and I don't know maybe you feel a little bit differently I remember being so underwhelmed with that team that year like they, oh, blew, they couldn't win any close games. They they blew so like they blew like seventeen or eighteen fourth quarter leads. Like no, nothing was historically bad. 
no, crunch time offense. Nothing was as bad as um, the Thunder played the Clippers in L.A. So it was a 9.30 tip-off. Um, and I watched like the first half of the game, Thunder just kicking their ass. I'm like, okay, it's probably like a Tuesday night or a Thursday night. I got to go to work the next morning. I'm going to go to bed. So I go to bed, and then I wake up, and I have all the notific- notifications on my phone that the Thunder lost. <laughs> like, what? What is wrong with this team? And, like, like, Is Kevin Durant's free agency really affecting this team that much? Are they just tired of playing with each other? It was like the first year of Billy Donovan, so a lot of people were throwing play that yeah that way. And and then who who the Thunder play in the first round that year? Was it Memphis? Let's look. Twenty sixteen. They played the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas. Okay, yeah, they played Dallas, and that was that was kind of like for a, a five game series. That was kind of a slugfest, but you always kind of expect that when it's Rick Carlisle and the Mavericks and the Thunder. Like they always try to out physical OKC. Right, um, but nothing like we learned nothing that series. We just learned that okay, the Thunder. Well, if hold away, do we not? I see. I was working in radio at the time. I was writing for Thunder Digest at the time, so I was straddling the line between fan and I'm pretending to be a media person, which I still am. I'm still pretending to be a media person <laughs> right now. Uh, Thunder win game one by 38 against Dallas. Game two at home in Oklahoma City. They lose. They lost. And I remember... That's when they brought the uh, confetti down because Steven Adams hit that um, shot just after the buzzer. I remember us all having that, well, you know how everyone said that the crunch time stuff wasn't a big deal and then blowing all these fourth quarter leads wasn't a big deal and we don't need to look into it. I remember having that conversation. Like, all that actually matters. Oh, really quick. (laughs) Tim Duncan just joined the Spurs coaching staff. Shout out to Timmy. Well, did he join the Spurs coaching staff or is this team? Well, it's not team. Well, is it Team USA? I don't know. Anyway, it just says Spurs legend Tim Duncan has joined Greg Popovich's coaching staff as an assistant coach. Okay. Back to the topic at hand. Game two loss, um, which the one thing I remember about that, other than the confetti, was that was Chandler Parsons, who was wearing a suit because, you know, he hasn't played basketball in sometime he was now. injured he was injured what <laughs> i know um he tweeted out like he tweeted some smart ass comment about the thunders staff like letting out the confetti on accident um but that was the last we ever heard of chandler parsons was that also <laughs> the uh, that's also the series where kevin durant says he an idiot yeah yeah because that's when mark cuban said that uh russell westbrook isn't an all like a superstar because um blah 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 or um, if he's ever, oh my, my bad. Oh my. I was Googling <laughs> when that happened. Um, that's yeah. If he was running his own team, he can't win 50 games or he hasn't won 50 games, obviously because Katie's on the team, which, uh, Mark Cuban, I guess still apparently doesn't believe that Russell Westbrook is a superstar because Russell has never won 50 games as the guy. I was about to say, hold it. Wait, retroactively. Are we saying that Mark Cuban might've been a little bit right? <laughs> Russell Westbrook has been the guy on three teams and not won 50 games. Let's, let's hold that for next Monday. We've got plenty of time to not talk about anything. I'm just saying, maybe we already killed him a little too early. He's uh, an idiot. Yeah, He's and an obviously idiot. Golden State comes back in dramatic fashion. Clay Thompson has game six that will be remembered in the annals. <laughs> so many annals for that one. Uh, so many different directions. Can I tell one more fan story? Please. Okay, so that 2016, that game six... That was the last time I watched a Thunder game as a fan, because um, obviously, like I, I started covering 
um, the team in person the following season. And some people can do it. I, I wrote written about it, wrote written about it a few times. So if I'm, you know, if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry. But once I covered the team in person, I just couldn't really root for them anymore. I just wanted to do a good job. Anyway, so that game six was the last time I watched a Thunder game as a fan. And I was at Fassler Hall in Tulsa at the time. It was my, me and my ex-girlfriend went to go um, visit a fr- um, our old neighbor. And so we went to dinner. We watched the first half. And the Thunder were just killing them. And it's like, wow, they're about to go to the championship game. They're about to go to the finals. And then we switch... Um, to Fassler Hall um, for the second half. And that place is filled with Thunder fans. And it's so full that we have to go sit outside, which is still full. And I'm actually tweeting for Thunder Digest's Twitter account like I was live tweeting the game. Because I think at that point in the playoffs, every time I had to live tweet a game, the Thunder were undefeated. So Chuck Cheney wanted me to, the guy that runs Digest, wanted me to live tweet this game. And when Clay Thompson tied it, and then Steph Curry hit a three to take the lead. At that moment, I thought, like, this game's over. I tweeted out, like, Steph Curry hits a three, um, blah, blah, blah. The Warriors lead so-and-so with so much time left. And then I slammed my phone down and broke it. You I was so it. I was so mad. I, I couldn't believe that I was – I because we knew it all the time. This is the most colossal playoff collapse I've ever seen. It, like we've never seen a guy like Clay Thompson like just go in fuego like that. Right. Never. Right. And I remember telling my ex at the time, she was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "We're gonna lose this series. Kevin Durant's gonna leave. Russell's going to leave, and the Thunder are just gonna be terrible." That, that was it. Of course, coming. some things came came but true. Then they traded for Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was uh, my little personal journey. I remember that game because I went and watched it at Henry Hudson's on Western and Danforth and Edmond. I think it's Western. But it's not the like Henry Hudson Smokefield Bar. It's the public house. You know, a little more bougie. Oh, yeah. A little more bougie Henry Hudson. Spent a few and it, few dollars there. Yeah, and it just had opened. So like this, this was a new establishment. And me and all my buddies said, hey, we're going to go to Henry Hudson's. But wait, we're going to the nice one. <laughs> So we're, we all go to this nice Henry Hudson's. Shout, like, shout out to the bad one. Yeah, and we, that's closed now. And we get up, and we all go get up there way early to get a table. And we're all sitting around, and we're you know we're just waiting for the game to start. And at halftime, something happened. But for whatever reason, the video feed was about three or four seconds behind the audio. That's terrible. But we did. But but during the halftime, they turned down and turned up music, so we didn't know. And then when the game actually started, they turned back up the broadcast and turned down the music. And all of a sudden, we're all going, "Wait, something's not right here." <laughs> wait, wait, what? And so, and you don't notice these kinds of things in real time. I mean, you notice, but you don't like, cognitively pay attention. But you can. They have mics on the nets, so when shots go through. You hear boink, or you hear whoosh, yeah, a, a pop from the net. You hear both of those things. So when Clay had the ball in his hands, you so just we heard knew swish. every shot that was going in before we saw it. <laughs> we knew we would hear whistles from people getting fouled while the ball's on the other side of the court. <laughs> but the game had started, so we had no choices. Oh, so we just had to watch it that way. 
Goodness. But yeah, so when Clay was going in Fuego, and if anybody else was there, they could attest to how horrible this was. But when Clay was going in Fuego, we knew the shots were going in before he shot the ball. Oh. So, but you, if you also remember, there's a famous lady on that broadcast who's going, oh! <laughs> oh no! Just like really close to the camera, just wailing the whole time. We would hear her saying, "Oh, oh no!" When, oh, like, the humanity. When oh, Andrew Bogut is setting a down screen, like the ball isn't even in Clay's hands yet. <laughs> I guess Clay has it. <laughs> and there's also that famous where Clay hits it from. I don't know how far. Almost like thirty-eight mid-court. feet. Yeah, almost mid court, and Russell's on him, and he yeah. just kind of has Throws it. it from his hip. Yeah, just whoosh. so, dude. If you remember that, play, the ball's in the right wing with Steph Curry. Steph throws the ball to the center of the court where Clay is, and Clay launches it. Our experience was Steph Curry's dribbling up the ball on the right side of half court, and the broadcaster is losing his mind because Clay just hit the deepest three to ever exist before we saw it. It was such a traumatic basketball viewing experience. Yeah, it was. And well, I was that, with like that seven series, guys who were like huge Thunder fans, and so that was super awkward. That series, you know, now looking at it, because like there's no denying, like I was emotionally invested in that series because I was a fan. But like when I look back at, at it now, it's so weird to think about how, like it's like game three and four where the Thunder just destroyed Golden State by how like sixty point combined, sixty points combined. I, I think the Thunder only, I think they hit less than ten threes in those two games. That's that's unheard of in today's game. Everyone's shooting threes. The Thunder were about the last team that you could get away with that could have won a title without being such a great analytical team. Oh, they were not a good analytical team. No, no. They mid-range jumpers. Um, I mean, you know my favorite thing that I miss about Thunder basketball? By a mile. The first two plays of every single game. Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka pick and pop. And then we're going to throw it down the low to Kendrick Perkins on the block. And he's going to get his one field goal attempt. Mm. Here we go. Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> hook shot over the middle. Guess mm. what? It got swatted because it gets swatted every time because everyone knows it's coming. Well, he can't jump. Oh, I, oh, but man, I miss the fact that the first two plays of every single game, we knew what they were going to be. <laughs> pick and pop with Serge Ibaka, uh, Serge Ibaka, a post up for Kendrick Perkins. I like it when you call me big Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, Papa. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I missed that. I miss I miss the the Scott Brooks memorial. Let's throw it down to Kendrick on the block. I know because like Stephen Adams doesn't even get that top no. play, no. which it makes sense to get Stephen Adams involved early. Yeah, not. But I guess they don't feel like he's a guy that needs to feel like he's engaged because he doesn't really need to score. Yeah, he just I don't know. he just does his job. But I don't know. But I I miss those two plays. But that's the, that's the annals. Yep, that's it. That was all of the annals. That was the championship window. 2010 2016 that's I'm sure a, we screwed up a whole bunch of stuff that's either a good podcast for everybody or it's a very painful one which that's what the off season is all about is the painful crawl into media day training camp blah 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 yeah oh one quick aside um is this about annals <laughs> i love that word um so like bleach report put out like a big Russell Westbrook tribute video of first time. Nice of them. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. It was highlights, you know, from obviously from the beginning to the end. And they never really showed like the clip of Russell Westbrook talking in a scrum, but you would always hear like the sound bites over the years, you know, like the the famous ones. And at the the last clip on that video is of the uh, nervous Westbrook guy. 
That's who's, awesome. Who's been talked about time and time again on about every single Thunder podcast. Um, I don't know if you knew this. Are you nervous, Westbrook? I'm not nervous, oh, Westbrook guy. And at the time, there were a lot of people that thought it was me because um, I asked the next question. The guy, I think his name's Trent, and I'm not going to say his last name because I don't want to fully out him, but um, he actually was with us. He was with Thunder Digest. And <laughs> he's sitting right next to me, and he had, he went to TCU. I think he was at TCU at the time. And uh, he did media stuff with, like, the football team. So, we're, we're, like, I'm thinking, like, okay, he talks to, like, Trevon Boykin. He talks to athletes, so... It's, it should be a walk in the park for him. I mean, I did it without ever having any journalism experience in college. Like, I asked Russell Westbrook a question, and, like, I was nervous, but I still got a question out the first time I ever asked him. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's, he's going to be much better than me. And the microphone, he gets handed the microphone, and he's looking straight down at his laptop because he had literally typed a question out, which I've done before as well because it is nerve-wracking. And... He's looking down at his laptop and he's like, has the microphone up to his face and he just says a few words and then he can hear his voice from the uh, speaker. And that's a different animal. As soon as he heard his voice, he just crumbled and bless his heart because he has been immortalized and I don't know what he's doing now because obviously I moved on from Digest with the franchise and um, yeah, I, I, I grabbed the mic from him and just like patted him on the back. It's like, it's okay, it's okay. And then asked Russell a question, I think, about Ennis Cantor. But, yeah, it, it's weird. <laughs> it was super weird. But, yeah, like I saw that clip on the vid- on that video. You know, I'm starting the rumor now, though. That, that hey, go, go right ahead. Um, I mean. Actually, we should all conspire and say it was Jerry. Probably. It would be Jerry. Now, if it was Blake Griffin in a Pistons jersey, he'd be like, hey, you remember when he scored 45 points against the Thunder in Oklahoma City? And Blake's going to be like, yeah. And then Jerry's going to be like, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's about all the damage we can do today on the OKCA2 podcast. A little bit longer. Hopefully this gets you through a hard day of uh, work, a little trip down memory lane. But well, anytime you got to go through the annals, it's going to take at least an hour. A lot of annals. Yeah. A lot of depth. Got to get really deep inside the annals. Got to look in all the crevices. Yeah. And I think we did that today. I think we really explored the annals. This <laughs> uh, so stick around till Wednesday where we'll have Madison and Brady doing another great podcast for you. Um, and we'll get them taken care of then as well as the Thunder Insider Show on Saturday. That's on from 10 to noon. I have no idea who's on this week. I assume Jerry, John, and Brady. Um, um, Madison? Don't know yet. We don't know Shocker. just we, yet. Y'all, you guys never know until the day of. But until then... Stick around, everybody. Appreciate you. See ya.